everyone, welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield. And um, welcome today. You know, it's been a while since we've had an off the beaten path, but I'm so excited to introduce um, our next guest, uh, Karen Young. So welcome to uh, the show, Karen. Thank you for having me. Um, of course, we've talked about Karen a couple times on the show. Um, our big thing that we've done before is Hey Warrior, where we've talked about the amygdala and kind of, you know, um, how to process the fight or flight response that you get that sort of, you know, um, warrior in your head, how you can put it into different terms so that you can use that as, you know, a benefit rather than a deterrent, or something to get angry at. So, um, yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show and to pick your brain a little bit about some of these things. <laughs> no, I'm thrilled to be here. It's um, I'm excited to be a part of the conversation. So where where did it all start for you, Karen? What's your heart or passion for these children's books? Maybe fill us in a little bit on your story, who mm. you are, what what are the things that are important to you? Yeah, so I started as a psychologist and I was working in private practice a lot. Um, with a lot of families, uh, adults who are at the other end of it. Um, and what I came to realise quite quickly was how important the information was to, to, to be out there. So the things that we were doing and the things that, that we knew as psychologists, it was actually information that everybody needed. Because what I know with kids is when they're struggling, it's not in front of me. It's in front of I have them for I would I would have them for 45 minutes in a session um, but it would be with their parents or their teachers or their grandparents or their important the other important adults in their lives and for sure therapy and and psychology can be really important but it's not the full picture um, because what we need to do is really support the important adults in the life of a child and so that's one of the reasons I started um, Hey Sigmund, um, not just not it actually started for uh, adults um, as well, because we also um, need to be able to tap into that information and not everybody has access to the resources and information we have then it moved into kids when I came to realize just how important it is for parents and 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 the important adults in a lot in the life of a child to have this information so hey Sigmund is the overarching where did you start the new <laughs> the beginnings of all of this yeah. even how did you get the name yeah honestly that was harder than naming my children it started because <laughs> it just started as a as a psychology resource hmm. um so it was never intended to replace therapy or anything like that just bringing information making it mainstream um we when I started my training we didn't have the internet so we didn't have this the only way to get information was was through books some books would be okay some books wouldn't um or actually to go to a therapist so we're really lucky to be in these times where we can do this and share the information um and hey Sigmund came from I thought okay who do people think of when they think of psychology and it's Sigmund Freud um and some of his ideas were just really wacky but some of them <laughs> some of them made sense and so it was uh you know some of them led into and it's like 
we say there are no silly ideas because they all lead into um, bigger thinking or, or more important thinking or valuable thinking. Mm. So, hey, Sigmund was like, hey, Sigmund, we've come a while since then. Mm. We've come away since then. We know a few more things now. And it was just mm. to rewrite some of the things, um, add to some of the things, um, and we do it differently now. Uh, so that's where that came from. Also just because I thought Sigmund was a cool name. And I wanted it to have that vibe of just that accessibility and that conversational mm. tone about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like how I, I had looked at your website before we started this call, and I, I like that uh, the line, research-driven information on the art of being human and being with humans. I kind mm. of like that because what we talk about in the day-to-day with this podcast, you know, is this is just living life and how to kind of work with other people and kind of, you know, getting into sync with yourself. But I was curious kind of with that language, that language of being able to take your research and put it into terms that, you know, kids can read it. Tell me about that process. Yeah, so for me, I think if kids can understand it, everybody can understand it. And so for me, a big part of my, what I wanted to do was to actually make the information accessible, but also to start up conversations. Let's start up conversations about anxiety and what it's like to feel lonely or isolated or those conversations about peer pressure or not fitting in. Let's start those conversations about how we all get mad and sad mm-hmm. and, 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 and sometimes nothing makes sense. Let's have those conversations, but let's, let's make a way for kids to have those conversations too. Cause what I know for certain is kids are feeling all this stuff. They're feeling it all, but if they don't have word to put to these feelings, that makes things bigger for them because we all need to put stories to our experience. We all need to make sense of it. So it was, it was doing that, but also all the stuff we do, uh, if, if, Everything we do, if we could understand the whole story around it, it would all make sense. So mm. what I'm trying to do is, is bring more information so kids, uh, parents can make sense of um, their behaviour. When they start understanding it, then they can start to mm. manage it or understand why it might be with kids. Um, we need to make sure our expectations are developmentally appropriate, um, that that parents understand that when kids do stuff when they go into big feelings when they it's really hard for them to move towards hard or new things that's actually not a reflection on their parenting and it's not a reflection on the the child it's actually developmental they're just not ready yet and Mm. the things that they do you know if we look at separation anxiety it's got an important job to do anxiety it's got an important job to do anger all this stuff has important jobs to do Um, but if we don't understand it it can look like bad behavior it can look like bad parenting it's not it never it's not that um it's there's something else more important going on so it was to bring light to that as well Mm-hmm. And really what a great equalizer to understand that we're all humans, we all have brains, we all have amygdalas, we all have nervous systems. And so the things that are happening in our children are also happening in our bodies and brains too. So it's it's growing in the self-awareness piece as well as what are these sometimes baffling behaviors or, or challenges that we're experiencing is really common to all people. That's right. And I think uh, one of the things with my books um, that I wanted to do was they are for kids, but but also to help uh, all adults understand what's going on. Um, and uh, but but in a five minute 
you know, in a five minute way to understand that. So he's a five minute a way to understand what's going on with anxiety. He's a five minute way to understand, um, you, you know, how, how strong our brains are and the way they look after us. He's a five minute way to understand big feelings. Like it's, it's that. Um, so it's kind of condensing and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's putting, um, it, it's putting light to things in a way that's simple, um, but actually opens up conversation. So kids mm -hmm. don't feel, I don't know, I suppose, lectured or preached to or, and in a way that's fun and engaging and playful. Um, and that in itself, um, you know, it builds connections, it builds relationships, it does all of that. As an adult, you know, reading through this, seeing your books and seeing, you know, going through your website, the feeling of validation is very strong as it oh. should be. But as a child, I can just imagine, you know, finally getting affirmation that your feelings are big feelings, that you're okay to express and you're okay to have um, all the feelings that you're feeling and it's teaching you something. And, and what a generous gift you've given everyone, Karen, especially children to say, you, you, you're right. Yes, you're being hijacked right now, or your amygdala is trying to teach you something right now, and you're there's nothing wrong with you. Oh, thank you. And I think you know what I get from kids a lot, especially when kids go into big angry, is um, is things like I'm a monster, don't come near me, I'm so awful, I get so angry, and I and I go, no, this actually happens in everyone. You know, you might <laughs> do it a bit differently to the people you see. But it happens in everyone. Everyone gets scared. Everyone, everyone does this. Everyone, you know, will be in front of something really important that they need to do and then feel like they need to backtrack. That's actually really normal. And that's your your brain and body looking after you. So um, so thank you for that. That's what I'm, you know, that's what that's what I want. And I know how it feels to sometimes feel different um, or 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 not enough um, and we don't want kids feeling like that or parents feeling like that so it's it's just shining it there's something I used to get from adolescence a lot there was two things I used to get from adolescence the first was um, I thought it was just me so when I'd start talking about anxiety or, or wherever we talk about anxiety we can talk about anger because it's kind of the same process in the brain but so I thought it was just me I go no it's everybody you're not broken and the other thing I would get is um I didn't know who to talk to about it because mm. it can feel quite isolating um but if only they know that the experiences that make them feel quite isolated are actually the things that unite us all that we have in common um so that's that's the other thing um I think that is really important which is why we need to have this conversation which is why I love that you're having these conversations um because we all you know we all feel it I think it's something, you know, that we've talked about with some guests and kind of expressed between the hosts here too, is I know in the United States, it's a big need that we don't fill throughout the education system at all. And it's kind of just something that you pick up little snippets of as you go through life, unless you're actively, you know, chasing good mental health. So I think even <clears throat> being able to look at, I mean, those moments of affirmation, like Sarah was saying, you know, even adults don't get that. And those questions with those adolescents that you were talking about, like, you know, am I actually okay? Is this normal? <laughs> Is something, you know, I feel like we all feel multiple times throughout our lives. Oh, absolutely we do. And and even hearing that, even hearing someone else say, yeah, you know, I, I feel like this is so soothing and so calming. Um, and we start feeling as lonely and as isolated in it, which I think is one of the big drivers of mental 
um, unwellness is that oh, it's that sense of that sense of isolation and um, deficiency. It it kind of we can deal with the symptoms, but it's the response to the symptoms from ourselves or others that can actually be a bigger problem. And if you look at adolescents, you know they're going through so much anyway, mm-hmm. um, and they're amazing what they what they're dealing with, especially in the world they're inheriting now. Um, add to that all the brain changes that they go through the way they they're going to feel bigger they're going to feel more they're going to be conscious of themselves um we need to make sense of it and help them understand it um and at least then we might not change we we can't change the fact that they'll feel big um and say with children we can't change we don't want to change that lots of really good things have happened because adolescents felt big Um, we don't want to change that, but we want to, what we want to do is make sure that that doesn't drive shame or it doesn't drive a sense of breakage or loneliness. Um, and that's why we need these conversations. How do you see conversations coming out of your books that you write? Like just the reading together. I love that you had mentioned about these books are great for adults. I absolutely love the books because yeah. you can sit I mean the illustrations are very kind of captivating they're just adorable cute I just like spending time with your books honestly and then I got one of the little plushies of the hey warrior and so it's like just being able to sit with the books alone is like regulating to my nervous system and being able to talk oh. about them to others it's so great as an adult because we don't always have time to read a ton of really thick books or we don't have time or bandwidth. And so something like you said, that could be, you you mentioned five minutes. I could probably spend an hour just looking at all the pictures (laughs) and I just feel a little better just looking at them. I feel kind of, I don't know. My inner child seems to dance a little when I see it all, I get Mm kind of giddy, but um, how do you see someone taking it from the book to how do we learn to ask the questions or how do we explore? Or I think conversations can be challenging, especially in a world that's very um, focused on their phone or on distraction or on work. It's hard to even teach people how to engage with one another. Absolutely. So there's a few different ways. Um, I know they're being used in schools and classrooms and that's good because we have a whole um, thing, but if it's just one-to-one, um, it's 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 things like you know um so the conversation starter might be you know it makes sense that you feel like this it makes sense that you get angry it makes sense that you get scared you know what happens to all of us and let me do you want me to do you want me to help you understand what's going on because it really helped me when I understood um with my own um children one of my children so she was really anxious and I said oh do you feel like this do you feel like this do you feel like this it was a hey warrior conversation she said yeah I feel like all of those things I'm like oh well let me tell you what that is that comes from and that was that conversation um the books uh so so if parents can understand what's in the books that's a way to start a conversation um, with older kids, one of the ways, one of the things I say is, you know, it can be really confusing when you don't know uh, why you're feeling what you're feeling. Um, but what I want you to know is what you're feeling is so normal and it absolutely makes sense. And it's actually happening for a really good reason. 
have a look at this book. I know the pictures, um, they might be a bit cutesy for you. Um, I just mm -hmm. flag that so they don't go, you're giving me a baby book. Um, <laughs> no, <so> they, might, <laughs> they might be a bit cutesy for you, but the information is really important. And it'll just help you, uh, it'll help make sense of it for you. Um, it helped me make sense of it um, because that's the truth. When I understood what was happening, I go, oh, okay, that's that makes sense. Um, and then you can just, you know, you can decide what to do with it from, from there. Um, so it's really just picking up, meeting them where they are in their experience. Um, when everybody's calm and settled, if they've got something coming up saying, you know, um, I get you might be a bit nervous. You seem a bit nervous about it here. Let me talk, let me show you something. It's those conversations. Then once they have that basis of understanding, kids talk about their amygdala and, you know, they'll say things like, oh, my amygdala is just getting a bit upset or, mm. um, or, or, um, mum, your amygdala is getting a bit excited. <laughs> I've heard of kids saying that, <laughs> um, you know, someone will come home and, and mum or dad are going and they'll say, don't worry, it's just their amygdala. It's just their amygdala, it's okay. So we have a common language and we have to change the language, um, but it can start gently with a storybook. Um, and the illustrations are beautiful. And that was all the illustrator. She, you know, she had text on a page and that's what she did with it. Um, and she's she's really just, she's brought the book to life, I feel like. Um, because even that is curious, uh, it brings curiosity to it all. Do you want to hear what this book is about? Or do you want to hear what this is about? And, and we start talking. Um, and then there's an anchor point to keep, to keep going back to with the books. Um, the new book, Feeling Brain, Thinking Brain, we talk about that a lot. Um, so amygdala is coming into common language for children. Um, then we want to bring in feeling brain, thinking brain. This is what's happening. Um, what's your feeling brain doing? What do you what do you need to do to bring your thinking brain back? So it's just about slowly changing the language um, to uh, not even tolerate the stuff that happens, but actually embrace it and go, this is actually the way I'm looked after. And isn't my brain magnificent? And isn't my mm -hmm. body magnificent? The way it does this, the way it looks after me like this. Um, and that's the opposite to shame. It's impossible to feel shame or it's impossible to feel um, anxiety about the anxiety when we come from that space. Um, so we're going to try and, you know, to break it there. Break that. It's a circuit. It can be a, you know, anxiety feeds anxiety, which feeds anxiety, which feeds anxiety. It's that. And anger feeds anger, feeds anger. And we can be the circuit breaker by bringing in a really um, playful conversation to it all and when you start talking to kids want to hear about their brains they are it's science let me teach you some science let me teach you about your brain we teach them about their bodies you know we're really we're we're really certain about that we teach them what is what is good to eat why they need to exercise we teach them about body safety and how their bodies works we've got to teach them about their brains as well and they want to hear it they want to hear it and, and really, um, in a really not patronising way, they're up to this. They're up to, to getting the information and they're up to hearing it um, and doing something with it. Um, and, and I think we need to lean into that. This makes me want to go buy Hey Warrior and give it to all my teacher friends, no matter what grade <laughs> they're teaching, and just say, hey, could you read a little bit of this to your group, like your class every day? You know, this is yeah. so important for us. And that validation, you... 
he spoke to it again about, hey, your brain is beautiful. Your body is wonderful. Like, look what it's doing. It's science. What val- I just keep coming back to this validation of the human being, the art of being human and how it's just, it's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. It's giving everyone so much um, credit and in, in allowing us to be ourselves. And especially for children, because children are so influenced um, by their surroundings, by their immediate, you know, their nature, their nurtured, all of that. It just, I'm just so excited about this. And I, I hope all of our listeners are, um, are as eager as I am. <laughs> well, I think it's what I always say, big feelings don't, don't hurt children. It's feeling alone in those big feelings that mm-hmm. hurt children and feeling deficient or broken because of those big feelings or those big responses that we all have, you know, the big the feeling like we need to resist feeling like we we judge ourselves because we feel lonely or because we feel different um judging ourselves because we feel angry parents who judge themselves because their children are going into big feelings or big behavior um and and that causes more problems so the response to the behaviors and the and how we feel i think causes more problems than than that than than the actual feelings we have to really respect them um and then they're for a reason and and they contain a lot of wisdom um but if we don't understand what that is we'll misinterpret that we all will and and we all do anyway even with the information um but 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 we're you know we're making a start we're we're making a start and i love that I love that this is being talked about in classrooms. One of the things I get a lot too is, but do we use the word anxiety or do we use the word anxious? And I say, yeah, we do. We do. We have to. We actually have to. We use the word angry and sad and jealous and excited and happy. We use all the feeling words. Anxiety isn't a diagnosis. Uh, Generalised anxiety disorder is a diagnosis. Anxiety isn't a diagnosis. Anxiety is a very... Um, normal human experience that is there for a a very good reason and for sure sometimes it gets in the way Um, and but the more we can understand about it um, and and respect the job that it's trying to do and actually take charge of it um, which makes it easier if if we can um, you know if we can see it as an ally um, the better off we'll be we stop fighting ourselves. We've got to stop fighting ourselves and um, and see things for what they are. So um, we talk about some different, you know, therapists on the show, different psychologists. Uh, somebody we talk about often is Pia Melody, uh, who's like influential to what we do. So I was curious of some of like your influential, you know, psychologists or therapists that you like to tune into or read up on to kind of help motivate how you see things. Yeah, so the big one, um, I'm so uh, anyone in neuroscience is is big for me. I love uh, Dr. Bruce Perry's work, um, Dr. Stephen Porges, his work around polyvagal. He just makes mm. sense. He makes sense of uh, why we do what we do um, and why we feel. And that's what we need here. So he's kind of... Um, he's he's shone the light on it and gone and and just made sense of it so rather than it being um, a deficiency um we're actually doing what brains and bodies are are meant to do 
Um, so anything around polyvagal, which is his work, um, I go for. Um, anything from, from Bruce Perry, um, I'll go for. Um, I kind of read more in, in Mona Delahook's doing great work. Um, I sort of read more in areas. So if there's an, you know, attachment, uh, Gordon Neufeld, um, I, I, anything he puts out, I'll inhale. Um, so they're probably, um, they're probably uh, the big ones um, that I do, that I, you know, I wouldn't even question. I would just, as soon as uh, they do any work, I'm, I've got it in my hands and I'm just like, okay, don't anybody come near me. I'm just having my life here. <laughs> um, they're probably the big ones, but you know, and there are lots. Uh, they're the ones that come to mind. There are lots, lots, lots um, who, who I dive into when I'm curious about an area at the moment, it's brain body. So it's anyone who's working with that trauma, mm -hmm. the trauma work. I mean, that's Bruce Perry's area because if we understand you know what's happening there then we we can understand what's happening um even for for non-trauma it's our bodies and brains do the same thing our brains are here to keep us safe not happy um so we see the the extreme end of what happens during trauma and those responses um and then that helps you know we can we can feed that into um, for all of us, we've got something to learn from that. Mm. Well, that's exciting. We've talked about a couple of those on this show, so that's awesome. <laughs> uh, those kind of broad memories. I know mom can talk way more about it. I'd have to probably revisit some of our notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of people doing really good work at the moment. One of the things I love that I'm seeing is the walls between the disciplines are falling. And I think it has to, it has, it has to. So, um, you know, this, the psychology world, which traditionally has been about mind, um, we're now realizing we can't do that without looking at body because it's all of it. Um, and so we do, you know, we're looking at mind body. I know when I'm um, doing my talks, I'll have um, speech therapists and OTs in the and I, you know, I, I know that their world is offering so much too. We have, to, we need this pool of, we, we need to support our teachers because, and and I know, you know, I say to teachers, I know you didn't sign up to be psychologists or counsellors, and yet relationship is the most important mm -hmm. part of your job. Um, and here, you know, here we are. So we have to increasingly pour into this um this common pool of of knowledge and wisdom and it has to come from everywhere it has to come from everywhere and we all need access to it um and we all come at the same stuff a different way but it's at the end of the day um a lot of this is is we're looking at the same issues we're looking at the same so teachers might be looking at learning um but you can't look at learning without looking at what's happening in the brain and does that brain feel safe and does that body feel safe? Um, and it's the same for so many areas of this. Hmm. Well, um, so I might take a pause. I was going to kind of start to wrap it up and talk about your new book, 
do we want to talk about anything else before then? Any last questions? I was kind of curious about um, with even the state of the world right now, with current events being so overwhelming and so stressful, I wondered if there is something even from Hey Awesome that I look at as each page is a different mindfulness or meditation exercise that someone can pull from to help them um, kind of regulate that anxiety, that uh, fear and intensity that's inside. I didn't know if you had any practices that you might share with our listeners of something that they could even use as they're hearing it now, right from the author's mouth (laughs) to say like, (laughs) what are some of those things? Because our, our world is often in crisis. I mean, between a global pandemic or currently at war, um, Ukraine and Russia, and just all the, there's so many things that are really hard. Like this, this world is hard. And you've touched on through Stephen Porges, through Bruce Perry, through Mona Delahook, all of the importance of relationship that if we have someone that can go through it with us and we don't have to go alone, that makes it uh, more safe or more possible. So we don't have to be quite as overwhelmed, but do you have any practices that you really love to turn to maybe that might come from that? Hey, awesome book or otherwise that you can help support our listeners with today. Yeah. So probably the biggest one, if I take it back to what I do, is um, our brains need to feel safe. If our brains don't feel safe, it's going to it's it's going to send a ripple through everything. We're not going to be able to we're not going to be as available for the people around us. We're actually not going to be able to um, reach the safety or access the safety of the people around us. It's going to be harder. Um, it's going to be harder to sleep. It's going to be harder. Everything, everything's going to unsettle from that. So then what I go back to is, okay, what does my brain need to feel um, safe right now? One of the things we do is we access our common humanity. So connection is the biggest thing, relationship. Um, for mindfulness, um, what mindfulness does is mindfulness actually calms the amygdala. So that can be a really... Um, a really helpful uh, thing to do if it's done consistently. It has to be done consistently. Um, the big one for me is is movement. So making sure um, our brains move and remembering to breathe. Breath is literally the way we support. It, it supports life. Um, and so, so, you know, making sure we're breathing, making sure that our bodies are strong and our bodies, um, our bodies are calm, and then uh, we can't ever get away from accessing relationship wherever we need to. Where, wherever we just don't get away from that. That's the way we feel. Um, the way we feel safest uh, for me um, when I start to feel um, like things are getting big and things are getting big. I put music in my ears and I go for a walk. We're getting mm. rhythm, um, movement. That will calm the amygdala because the the I would actually go back to Hey Warrior, and the reason we feel unsettled is because all of the stuff that's happening, our amygdala is hearing it, and the amygdala can't really tell. Um, or some amygdala, it'll feel like it's happening now, and it'll feel like it's happening here. But as well as that, everything that we feel in response to that, the grief we feel in response to that, and the fear, 
um, the deep compassion we feel in response to what's happening, um, that's real. And it's, and again, that's important. That drives us to support each other. So anxiety that comes from that or anger or anything that comes from that, the sense of helplessness, that's all energy with nowhere to go. So we know the brain gears us up to, for fight or flight. But if there's no opportunity for fight or flight, that energy just stays in us. So then what we've got to do is look for somewhere else for that energy to go. And that's where um, we look at what we can do. There's, there's not always things we can do on a global scale. We might, scale. We might donate to a charity, but we don't. What we can do um, if, if there's a limit to what we can do there is come back to what we do know and come back to the world around us. We all contribute to the greater good of the world and, the, and, the, and, a, and a greater humanity by the way we hold ourselves and what we do and the way we respond to the people around us. So then I go back to being more deliberate in noticing what's happening around me that I can actually um, contribute to. And it might just be noticing. You seem to be doing it tough at the moment or reaching out. Do you want to meet up for a coffee? Do you want to, what's going on for you at the moment? Um, and just letting it ripple, letting it ripple that way because this stuff is big. That's the truth of it. We are going to have amygdala that, are trying to gear us up to respond because that's what they do and there's not going to be anywhere for that response to go to so movement exercise gets rid of it um rhythm brains love rhythm we come back to those things and then um we bring ourselves back to our center through mindfulness um some mindfulness um practices there and sometimes it's just paying attention to breathing um and then being more deliberate in how we live our lives and um, and the type of world we're creating, even if it's just in the, the small area of space around us, it all matters. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said too, about it takes that repetition and keep doing it. Like it's yeah. not a one time, okay, now I feel fine because I did that. It's more of a rewiring of our brain and nervous system happens through the repetition, repetition, repetition. So having rituals, having um, things that can kind of long-term gain yeah, from, yeah. from having lifestyle changes of almost like making an investment every day in those practices, in those rituals that can help strengthen our brain and our nervous system to really um, work most efficiently. Mm. And it is, it is. Um, and I think the world's been through a few years where we have been told that things aren't safe and then we come out of it and we're seeing that things aren't safe. Um, you know, our immediate environment might be safe, but the world is unsettled and people are hurting. Um, and that's going to tap into us. That's, it's meant to tap into us. Um, and it's what we, what we do with that then, but it, it does have to be a practice of it. And we also have to recognize that how we feel in response to that is how we're meant to feel. It's not breakage, it's not deficiency. It's, it's actually how we're meant, we're meant to feel distressed at the distress of other humans. That's what drives us to respond. That's what drives us to check. And if we can't respond directly to those humans, 
then what we do is check ourselves and go, okay, so how can, what can I do? I, that I can't do all of this stuff, but what can I do? Um, and we let anxiety do its job that way because it is doing a job. It's funny, nobody can see us, but we're all nodding our heads in agreement <laughs> going, yes, this is powerful. Yes, this is very meaningful. I've received my emails that my post is on the way from Australia. I've ordered my my brain oh, book. I cannot wait. Book. I'm just like on the edge of my seat. Do you want to tell us anything about your latest release? Yeah, this is the book I've been wanting to write really since Hey Warrior. Um, when I realized um, how much kids were just holding this information and actually doing really good stuff with it, I, I wanted to go more with the brain. So it's all about, um, and the, the thing about the brain book is it doesn't have to be read cover to cover. So we can pull bits out of it and talk to kids about it. It's about how, uh, why that repetition is important, how new pathways are built in the brain, how we can build new behaviours, why it's really hard to change old behaviours and why that takes time. And the fact that it takes time um, isn't because we aren't capable, it's because we've got a pathway there, we've got to reroute that pathway and how to do that talks about uh, feeling brains and thinking brains. So um, if kids go into big feelings, this is gonna make sense of that. Of course, it's got um, anxiety in it. It's got, uh, I've also got a section in there about, um, so it's the start of a conversation about addiction. And in the book, I did it really safely so that we can start talking about it with, with little kids, you know, about lollies or gaming or screen time, how, that can happen and how quickly our brains want more and more of it. But for older kids, this can be the foundation for conversations that we need to have with them about how they can be vulnerable to, um, to addiction to substances or other things like gaming and the things they do. That's so a really safe, uh, playful conversation about that. But parents can then, you know, or or any important adult can then take it further. So it's kind of got the, the skeleton there and the scaffolding, and that's the idea of it. It's a kid's book, but for everybody um, to just give the, uh, and then you can take it in whatever direction you want to go. You don't want to do anything with it. That's okay. There's enough information there um, for kids to do things. There's a section in the back about um, kindness and how that creates pathways in the brain and how when we're kind, we get a dopamine hit. So and that's because that's how we're meant to be so when you do good you feel good um there's a reason for that so it's trying to uh bring intent to that and make that more deliberate um and um and it's oh it talks about the things that are good for the brain rhythm exercise breathing why breathing helps um helps helps settle our brain mindfulness all of those things sleep why sleep is important um and how we can get get better at anything really just just by practicing um but for better or worse so the more we do things that aren't good for us the more they're going to you know be calling us over and it's going to feel easier and more automatic not because it's necessarily good for us but just because that's the pathway that's there but we can always change a pathway a little bit by little bit by little bit so it talks about how to do that so basically um it can, you know, it's 
two things. It's a it's an entire conversation in itself that we can pull out. It doesn't have to be read cover to cover. It can be, but you know, otherwise we can talk about the feeling brain today, or we can talk about habits tomorrow. Um, but it's also the scaffolding for a bigger conversation. Um, what do you do that you'd like to do less of? What do you do that you'd like to do more of? What have you got strong pathways around? Thoughts create pathways. So for kids who are in negative thinking, uh, which is anxious thinking, which can lead to depression, um, it talks about how, how they become habits, not because they're real, they feel real when there's a strong thought pathway. But um, but how can we, you know, what can we do different, differently? Um, what can we do differently here? So again, it brings intent um, and awareness to, to this stuff we do in a playful way. So one of the reasons that took ages is because we're talking neuroscience mm -hmm. and I love neuroscience, but, but, but it can be dry. Like I could read it, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's it's um all not so you know, what's happening in our brain um but for kids it has to be fun it has to be engaging so one of the reasons it took so long was was bringing in all those things to make it more um fun I think and playful and not heavy we don't want it to be heavy otherwise they will turn away from it we don't want them to turn away from these conversations we want them to come to uh, but for sure, it can also lead into deeper conversations um, and you can really dive in deep water with them if that's where, if that's where you want to go um, in a really safe way again. Did my shopping cart right now. Yeah, mine, my, my email came that it's it's en route. So however long it takes for it to arrive from Australia, I will yeah. be getting it and guarantee we'll have family time at my house. <laughs> so it'll be like, yeah. I hope you. I hope it starts some really um, fun and uh, meaningful conversations. And just for everyone, this is at Hey Sigmund, H E Y S I G M U N D dot com. I just want to put that plug out there, Samuel. I'm sure you were going to get. Yeah, that. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But that's exciting. Well, um, so Karen, we tend to end most episodes with a gratitude or an affirmation. You're welcome to start if you want, or if that's a little bit much, then we can go around the other way. That's totally okay. <laughs> uh, so what I'm grateful for, okay, what I'm really grateful for is that we live in a world where even when we're separated by time zones, countries, oceans, we can actually still come together. So technology pulls us apart, but sometimes it actually brings us together. Um, and I'm so grateful um, to be a part of this community um, in this way and living in a world where we can actually, where we can actually do this. Um, I'm grateful for that. I want to say it's, it's appreciative. You know, I've experienced this in other fields, mostly with activism, but even as we get into mental health, you know, just how many allies there are in the field, how, you know, I, I see Hey Sigmund as you trying to get out to the world and trying to, you know, repair things or put out, you know, what you've learned in a way that's digestible. And I think that's, a little bit of what we do at Community Roots here. And so it's just nice to know, you know, that there's somebody across the world also pushing those good messages, you know, pushing that good perspective that, you know, can create some healing where we're going. So that's my gratitude. Yeah, I just think of, I don't even know where I first heard about your work, Karen, um, but every book and illustration and words and insights, I still remember Samuel years ago was in a 
college course about something with psychology and he he remembered the term amygdala because i had read hey warrior with him <laughs> so it was like and he was not a small child when i read it so it was like of course we're gonna have story time like i recently got the boundaries book on um we're not lions is that what it's oh yeah like? yeah 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 so it's lying. like okay story time you know i'm talking to adults but it's like i get so excited to see it so i just feel a lot of joy and appreciation for just the beautiful work and how it is accessible and it's um, in bite-sized pieces that everyone can have the bandwidth for to, to, you know, be able to take the time or energy and really feel kind of delighted by. I love the, the, the fun and the joy in what you are drawing kids to, but you're also drawing adult, adults to. So super appreciative for all of that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just grateful for all this attention that we are giving to children and to their, um, to their growth and try. And I, I think it's because, um, you know, I don't have children of my own, but my friends do, and I'm watching them and I'm thinking about my own childhood and I am just so encouraged to give children the credit they deserve for be for like we were and we were all children so we all need to give ourselves credit but we went through so much um and we go through so much today but i really don't know what i'm trying to say except like let's go kids like this is awesome let's let's do this for the kids yeah and for yeah. our inner kids huh. yeah yeah and our inner kids are always there they're yeah. they, they never go away um so yeah whatever we do for those kids ultimately it comes back for us mm -hmm. yeah yeah we call it nurturing your inner child or nurturing your inner plant depending on the episode <laughs> <laughs> well cool well thanks so much karen for joining us and thank you listeners for joining us as well um we will have another episode up in the next two weeks and we'll talk to you then